I know that this past few weeks has been difficult on the news. That you as a believer had some decisions to make in how you handled what you heard. And today's message that has been done, already written out, your notes written out, everything put together, was already prepared many months ago. And I believe that what God does is he prepares messages to us that are absolutely um, life-changing if we see that these things come from God. So this message in the series of Who Am I? We're talking about created to walk in his footsteps, which is the fourth um, aspect of who am I created to be. But the point that we must recognize today is we must make a choice in our lives of how we are going to handle things in our lives. Church family, I, I brag on you all the time. We've had visitors in the first service. They were in my office, and, and uh, we had pastors that just retired, and they visited, and, and uh, I'm going to talk to them and say, hey, you want to keep ministering? Come on over to Valley and be a part of this, this great church. So, but the point that I want you to hear from the very youngest here to the very oldest in the sanctuary, is that you were created to become something. And you must recognize that in being created, it is already a done deal. It has been paid for. It has been sacrificed for. It has been bought. And you must understand that what God created you to be is not someday wonder, hopefully, God's going to do something for me. He's done it. And we have to find out what that is. And today's message, I believe, is going to give you a greater understanding of who you are created to be in his footsteps, but it's also going to give you a real understanding in how you handle everything in life that brings struggle. God has rewritten your history because mankind chose to walk in another history with sin. But God chose to rewrite that and in being born again and being exactly what God created you to be, you were created in his image. So let's find God's heart in the teaching on serving that we began last week. In Mark chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. I will make you, created to be, become, process, fishers of men that you care about others. The disciples had been arguing about who will be the greatest. Remember that? We laughed about that. But Jesus corrects them, and he says to them, you must understand the truth in this area. And in Mark 10, he says, but Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. 
and their great ones exercise authority over them. In other words, they don't serve, they order them around. Yet it shall not be so among you, because I created you to rule and reign in my kingdom, but there's a total different mindset in rulership. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the son of men or man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So let's go over this whole series in a couple minutes here. The truth is, the disciples were still living in their past. They were trying to live out kingdom principles, but thinking like their past. What do we mean by that? What is the past? Things that hurt them, how they were raised, all the different lifestyle things, and an inability to understand the transformation that took place when they believed in Christ. See, because we understood that when you were born in this world, the original sin ruled you, and because the original sin ruled you, you were born rejected, which produced self-centeredness. But Ephesians chapter 2 tells us how we get born again. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, what you did, it is a gift of God. Not of works. You can't get good enough to receive it, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created with a purpose. You are important in the kingdom of God. Everything that you are is something that God loves. And watch this, everyone around us should love it too. Because my brothers and sisters are important. You have something very special to accomplish in your life. And everything that I should be would be coming into this body and, and saying to you, I encourage you to be everything God has created you to be. In other words, do your best, and I'll help you do it. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians chapter 1 says that we were called and, and prepared before the foundation of the earth. Once you have been born again, you have been delivered from the power of sin or the power of rejection. You, as a child of God, are delivered from what brings about the hurt and the despair of rejection and loneliness. What God has done on the cross has delivered you from that, and it starts from the top. It starts now. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ because you were born again. You have the ability to sit and to talk in the, the throne room of God in Jesus' name. You are a child of God. You are the, the man, the woman that can do these things. You are the one that can change your home. You are the one that can change your business. You are the one that can change your school. 
you have the ability to do it. But the disciples were still living in their past and they were arguing who's going to be the best because they're used to being rejected and no relationship. Now you have been accepted and the fruit is of you belonging to the body of Christ. He made you to become. It is a process, a fisher of men. He made you to become. It is a done deal. You are this, but it's a process of recognizing it and living it out in your life, of facing the challenges of life, of facing the accusations, of facing the rejection, of facing the world things because the world is full of rejection and the world is full of self-centeredness. But you've been delivered from that. Amen? You have the ability to handle when people are mean and cruel and vicious. You have the ability to stand there and even though it hurts to walk away and see past what that is and see in the spiritual that this is a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. Chaos comes from Satan. Agreement comes from God. Today, through faith, you have become someone who is concerned about other people. And some people are born again, and they have been created to be that, but they don't know it. They don't understand it. They're still living in their past, and they're mean Christians. Because they're living from rejection. That's why sometimes... When, when people say, well, how could that person be like that or do that when they're a Christian? Hello, they're living in their past. Rejection hurts, doesn't it? And if you don't let the power of God move in your life and let that revelation happen, then you live and you make your decisions based upon rejection and hurt. And rejected people and hurt people lash out. So you got to see past that. It was so freeing to me when I understood that. When I started ministry almost 38 years ago, I don't want to say 38 years yet. I thought that everything could be perfect and everybody would love me and everything would go well and all the different things. And after the first day, I found out that wasn't true. (laughs) Because we're all in the process, aren't we? But what I'm trying to do as your pastor, I am trying to give you real understanding and revelation of how special you are, even though you're not perfect, because none of us are. You have become a growing, maturing, becoming less and less self-centered, and more and more Christ-centered. But let me say this, but you need to believe this. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, hallelujah, praise God. That's the beginning. But church family, you just need to believe this. And when your pastor or your friends come up to you and say, you're amazing, I love you, don't go back to your past. Don't reject what they say. Receive it and say thank you. 
I'm trying to get better. Amen. Stop looking at your past. Stop going back to the stuff, to the crud. That's a good word. I was raised in Detroit. I was going to use another term. But the, the reality is I travel around the world and I traveled around the United States of America. This is the greatest nation that I've ever experienced. And there's a lot of great nations. Because guess what? God is a nation builder. He's not a world builder, he's a nation builder. And we have to get to a place in our life of realizing even though we live, to me, in the greatest nation in the world, that we have a lot of people that confess Jesus Christ as Lord, but they still live in in the past of rejection. And I'm not talking about psychological. I'm talking about an inability to have relationship and hearing God. And we have to choose to believe in ourselves because God made us. He created us in his image. He made us this. You are this. One day I hope I can. It's a process, but you already are. And a lot of times we don't understand that. We don't, we don't understand. You know, it's like you buy a new car. You don't get in that new car. Well, you can now, but years ago, you couldn't get in a new car and just slam the accelerator on the floor and go 110, 20 miles an hour. The engine would blow up. How many of you guys remember that, the older cars? You had to drive it a while, about 1,000 miles, before you could slam on the floor and, and go 100. So, um, yeah, I used to be involved in a little bit of racing. But the, the point that, that you have to see is that you are brand new in Christ Jesus when you were born again. And you need to recognize you are in a process. You don't think, you don't do everything perfect. But I want to tell you, God created you in his image. He created you perfectly. And your ability and your gift is perfect. But because we reject, because we live by the past, we struggle in all of that. I'm a guy that I like to watch um, war movies, sports movies. Some of them are ridiculous, but most of them are pretty good. And I was watching a movie a while, a long time ago, and, and I thought this would be a good uh, part of this movie. I want to show you. I'm going to show you a, a video clip here. And, but I want you to see Pastor Gary and the Holy Spirit Literally telling you, you can do this thing, but you got to believe. Watch the video clip. That ain't funny, dude. <laughs> so, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a lost Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat him. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. (laughs) (laughs) What, you want me to go to the 30? 
I think you can go the 50. The 50? I can go the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's I'm, heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. It burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! Go, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your heart! You can! You can! Five more! Five more! Come on, Brock! Come on! Don't quit! Don't quit! Come on, Brock! Two more! One more! Oh. Let's go to the 50! Let's go to the 50! I'll have any more! Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, 
You are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach. What is it, Jeremy? I want a 160. football field? Where are you at in your life? Are you at the 30 and saying, I can't do it? I'm weak? When God said, I've gifted you, I've given you ability, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When you are weak, he is strong. Throughout scripture, he tells us that he has gifted us, he has appointed us that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. But the enemy has come in trying to deceive you and bring you things that are not true, accusing you. He's the accuser of the brethren. And I want to say to you, you can do this thing. You can reach the goal that he has called you to, to do. But it's that process of becoming it's that process when it hurts that you don't quit. It's that process when, when you have totally, and I'm going to excuse me, when you totally screwed it up that you don't quit. That you don't go out and say, well, I've done this, this, and this, and I can't do that. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You are sons and daughters of the Most High. Stop degrading the cross. The power of the cross, the power of the blood, the power of the stripes upon Jesus' back. When he said, it is finished, he didn't say, I quit. My next point I want to cover and finish with today is we are to, we are to become like Jesus. We become like Jesus. What I love about Jesus is his, he is God, but he chose to serve. John 3.30, John the Baptist speaks of Jesus. He said, he must increase, but I must decrease. I'm going to explain that to you. Jesus can't become greater because he is God. What John meant was Jesus must become greater and greater in him, in me, in you. How do you handle the stuff in life? How do you, in the process, when you're not perfect, when you make mistakes, or when you do well, how do you do that? Is you, you allow Jesus to become greater in you. And I must become less and less in me. I gotta stop being self-motivated. And when I mean that, self-motivated, 
is that it's all about me. We need to be motivated. We need to be challenge ourselves. Us personally need to challenge ourselves personally. But the purpose is that people will see Jesus and not me. There are people in dying and going to hell every single day. In John 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And I want to talk to you about that. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Earlier we read the scripture that he talked about how that if you're a ruler, that you know, everybody worships you. It's all about you. But when you lead, you are a servant. Jesus could have said, if I washed your feet, then you should have washed mine. He didn't say that. I washed your feet so you could see the, the principle of the kingdom is that you serve others. I, who, who are the king of kings and lord of lords, I served you. I washed your feet. Jesus did say, if I wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And here's the reason why I wanted to focus on this today. If we want to become like Jesus, because we were born self-centered, but born again Christ-centered, which is becoming others-centered. <laughs> Listen to this. People say, I go to church and I serve God. That means you serve others. That means you serve others. I serve God. How do you serve God? By serving others. Where the rubber meets the road of being a follower of Jesus, it's not how much you say you're serving him. It's where you serve others. It's how much you are serving others. So the goal is not the attendance of church, but you should attend church. God says that, don't forsake the assembling together of the believers. But the goal is serving others. Church, that's what Jesus said. He washed their feet. And let me tell you, back then in Israel, uh, they didn't have paved roads. Probably good, because they don't have potholes like we do. The, the, the roads were dusty. You would go in someone's house, and in the entrance, they would have a place where uh, you would take off your shoes. And the moment you would take off your shoes, and there would be a bucket there of water, and there would be a servant there of the house that would actually wash your feet and dry your feet. And then you would go on into the house. They would either offer you slippers or different things. You know, back then, and slippers is a different thing, but, but they would offer you that, and then you would eat and enjoy the, the fellowship with the family, and while you were in with the family, the servant would take your shoes, wash your shoes, and then dry them. And Jesus was explaining the heart of serving and because of the Jewish culture. And so the story is Jesus invites the disciples to eat. He invited the 12 disciples only, and I think the guy who painted the Last Supper portrait, Leonardo da Vinci. No, just kidding. You remember that, that picture? 
Everybody just like looks weird. Anyways, <laughs> like to have the money that thing's worth though. But anyways, the, <laughs> the 12 disciples never thought of cleaning Jesus' feet. So Jesus gets up and before the meal and communion, Jesus washes their feet. He says, I'm king of kings and lord of lords, but I'm going to wash your feet. So he says, I washed your feet. Do you know what that means? He didn't say, not that you reciprocate, but you wash each other's feet. Jesus is saying, I want you to understand kingdom. I want you to understand kingdom, not church, kingdom. We are kingdom believers that attend church. The church is you, gifted, anointed, blessed, able to do great things for the kingdom. But we come to the church to be equipped. That's why there are times that that and I have been invited to do things on Monday and a lot of fun things and, you know, expensive stuff and we'll take care of it and all that and I couldn't go because my focus is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And so I come here on Mondays and I study. The reason is because I am the lead pastor, but my main focus is to serve you the word of God and to give you everything that I got. That's becoming like Jesus. We are following Jesus. A friend of mine on the East Coast, again, uh, this was uh, back in Indiana years ago, told me this story, and then later on, he continued the story, and let me tell you what it was. They went to church, and in Sunday school, they, they were teaching, and while they were teaching Sunday school, uh, they, were, they were telling the children about Jesus. And when they came home, the son sat at the the dinner table and said, Daddy, are you Jesus? And the dad, my friend, said, why do you ask that, son? Well, in class today, they told us Jesus always loves us. Jesus always takes care of us. And so while they were telling us that, I was thinking of you because that's what you do. Daddy, are you Jesus? (laughs) So he said he had tears in his eyes and he grabbed his son pulled him around and sat him on his lap and said, son, I'm not Jesus, but I follow Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. And then he said to his son, he said, you know, what I pray is that when you get older and become an adult, that you could even ask me that same question because I continue to live my life that way. Years went by. My friend was doing his son's wedding. They were in the back room, and their goal was to, the the father would to look out and make sure everybody, all the groomsmen, all the bridesmaids, everybody was in position, the music, singing, all that, and then the person in the back would give them a signal. Well, the person in the back gave the signal, and he says, okay, son, let's go, here we go, and his son pushed the door closed. And he looked straight in his father's eyes and he said, Daddy, are you Jesus? And he, and he told me, he said, he said, Gary, I, I couldn't go out there. 
So finally, the wedding coordinator came all the way to the door to open it up, but I was, I was broken. And uh, they, they, when they went out, they did the wedding and everything. But see, that's what I'm trying to tell you is what we're learning here. We want to become a follower of Christ walking in his footsteps so that when we see one another, we see Christ. When your friends see you, they see Christ. Don't get weird on me. I'm not talking about some vision or whatever. You're who you are. I'm who I am. I make mistakes, you make mistakes. But it's because you have the heart of a servant that every story, every situation in life is not about you. It's about others. Selfishness has been removed. And when someone says something wrongly towards you, or does something wrongly, wrongly towards you, you can look past what they did because they're living their lives based on rejection. But they're a Christian. Yeah, but they're still living in their past. That's what Jesus was telling them. He said one time to the disciples, how long do I have to be with you? Amen? And, and he's saying these to the disciples. And you see Peter's story and all that. You know, how many of you are glad that no one thousands of years ago wrote about your life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, we'd have the same thing. A lot of us would be wet too, trying to walk on water. But the reality is this. Jesus Christ has gone to the cross. He has literally annihilated the power of the original sin through the shed blood of Jesus. And because of that, we belong. We can believe. We can walk in such an anointing. Because why? We're sons and daughters. We're beautiful and handsome in the kingdom of God. And that's seeing past, you know, anything that you think is not good. When I look out at every one of you, I know a lot of your, quote, pasts. I don't see that. I see amazing men and women who were in a process, and at times in the process, fell flat on your face. But you know what Scripture says? A righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up. Yeah. Keiko, is Pastor Dan perfect? <laughs> Smart woman. She not answering. <laughs> Amen. Well, we think he is. Why don't you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you see? 
where I'm coming from, and I'm going to let you go in a moment, but I want you to hear God's heart. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep going. Don't quit. You can do this. You can handle the situation in your life. It hurts. It's hard. You're tired of it. But don't you dare quit. Rise up. That's why worship is so important, folks. Pastor Dan and I have had a long discussion of our fasting. And there's some powerful things, things that we're doing that is going to help you win and defeat the work of the enemy and defeat things that have been generational. for centuries maybe in your family, that you know who you are. And you can kick some satanic behind. Amen? Why did he do all that? The heart of God in the kingdom is so the world can see Jesus. You are the person that people can see Christ. Let's all stand.